0: What up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Spoken Thoughts Raw and Uncut Podcast. This is one co-host, Colby Castillo.
1: Uh This is the better looking co-host again, Phil Madriaga.
0: So we, we're, we're pulling a little remix on all of you, and this is only the second episode, but we're bringing on somebody that we mentioned last episode. So I'm going to let him introduce himself. He's going to be a co-host as well moving forward.
2: All right. What's up? What's up? My name is John. I believe uh, Phil and Colby mentioned me in the last podcast. Something about the uh, most <laughs> handsome cousin. So thank you guys for that. <laughs> but a little background information about me. So uh, just like these guys, I went to IA High School, graduated 2013. Uh, went over to University of Hawaii at Manoa for college. Didn't like it there. So I ended up transferring over to the uh, University of Nevada, Las Vegas, where I graduated with a degree in uh, kinesiology. And now I'm living over here in California, uh, Bay Area, doing uh, personal training. And yeah. Thank you guys for having me on. Pretty excited to be here. A little little nervous still.
0: Well, since you're the new one here, you might as well start off. This is our quote of the week segment for all of you. And we're going to have John lead it off with his quote. And basically a reminder to all of you, what we do is quote of the week. We share with you kind of our quote of the week and give you a little explanation of why we chose it. So, John, you're first.
2: All right. Just put me on the spot. Sounds good. So uh, my quote, it's, uh, it's from Casey Neistat, pretty famous famous uh, vlogger. So uh, what he said is, without intent, there can be no action. But without action, intent means nothing. Uh, I chose this quote because I feel like a lot of us, we want to do things in life. You know, we want to be successful. We want to make changes, whether it be, uh, be a better person, get healthier. But to me, it doesn't matter how much we want to do something unless we actually go out there and, doing, and actually do it. And I think that's always the hardest part, you know, being a trainer. Uh, with my clients, the hardest part is just getting into the gym and starting to work out. But once they actually go through it, they find that it gets easier and easier. So I like this quote because, you know, it tells people it doesn't matter how much you want to do something, we have to just actually go out there and get it done and see what happens.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and I think it's kinda like like when you wake up to an alarm clock, the hardest part is waking up, getting up, you know.
2: So just get exactly, up and go. Exactly. Yeah, it's so easy to hit that snooze button and just say oh, I'll do it later. But then, next thing you know, you're yep. ten minutes late, and then you gotta rush, and it just makes yourself stressed out even more. Shit, I won't lie. I, I'm the one that puts the uh
0: I got five alarms back to back every five minutes just to make I know. Feels, <laughs> I'm not. Gonna I feel lie. sorry for
1: my roommates because my alarms go off and they can hear it starting from like six o'clock, sometimes five.
0: <laughs> but you yeah. gotta do what you gotta do, bro. You gotta
1: do what you gotta do. Even though we know we're not going to wake up until the last one goes off, we still got to set, set the first four.
0: <laughs> but uh, My quote actually relates a lot to John's about the uh, action. And my quote is kind of anonymous, but it's words may inspire, but only action creates change. And the reason why I chose this quote is similar to what John was saying. But I think all of us, we all want to get better. Like we all say, oh, I'm about to go on a diet. Uh, I want to begin the process of of reflection, of getting over a a loved one or a heartbreak. And it's actually doing the actions to actually make that happen. It's not simply just saying, oh, I want this to happen. Just because you say it doesn't mean it's actually going to happen. You need the action to do that. So that's my quote of the week. Words may inspire, but only action creates change.
1: Non-solid. I like Um, it. I like it. For mine this week, it's by Oprah Winfrey. It goes, breathe, let go, and remind yourself that this very moment is the only one you know you have for sure so pretty much what I take from it is to live in the moment appreciate what you have today because tomorrow is never promised um and the biggest thing is uh kind of acknowledging what you have at hand the tasks the people the company whether it be like a pet or or a good friend and just kind of appreciating all that stuff and and um I guess reassuring yourself that you know it's there for a reason and that you wanna make sure that you can, uh, shit, how do I say this? Um, you don't wanna waste time by like, like when I look at my dog, when I look at Lula, it's like, I got a full day ahead of us. She's chilling on the ground and I'm like, okay, I better take advantage of the time I have right now because this week I'm working, I'm not gonna see her. So I'll grab the toy, play around with, uh, play around for uh, like 10, 15 minutes, and then kind of get back on the couch and then do, do everything <laughs> I was doing again. But no, yeah, just, just living in the moment and kind of appreciating or understanding that, you know, things are going to be completely different tomorrow. Everything that we take or do or, or react to today is going to influence a completely new tomorrow and just kind of absorbing everything you can at like within that moment and just Realizing that you know a lot a lot of things change within like seconds minutes hours and um, eventually days and and years and all that stuff so
0: and that's I mean right, that's exactly kinda. true I mean like tomorrow's not promised and I think you when you look at like the common thing is something that we unfortunately all learned from an early age like John Philip and I is that tomorrow's not promised and we mentioned it last episode with Philip and I and talked about how A lot of our childhood or growing up, whether it was middle school to high school, we lost uh, a lot of loved ones. We lost our great grandma. We lost uh, my grandpa, their uncle. And then we also lost a couple aunts and uncles as well. So we went through that grieving process and we learned at an early age, like tomorrow's not promised. And so we want to use this episode to really talk about kind of what we went through, kind of our individual grieving processes, and hopefully by talking about our experiences we're able to help with you cope with whether you lost a loved one recently or eventually the unfortunate reality is that eventually you will lose a loved one. So to be ready when that happens and you can never be ready, but it's also just understanding like what those emotions are. So I kind of want to start off because this is kind of a heavy topic for all of us. So I want to start off with maybe like more positive moments, because when I look back at it, like a lot of our childhood memories are actually tied into the fact that uh our family was together because a loved one passed away or we were spending yeah, times yeah. in hospitals. Like the one memory I have is we spent a lot of time at Polymobi, which is the hospital nearby. Our great grandma was in the hospital for a little while. But we used to take up our whole family used to take up like the hallway um and used to be in everybody's ways and we used to the kids used to sit on the ground playing cards and and all that stuff (laughs) (laughs) and everyone kind of used to look at us weird you know we used to have dinner in the hallways like we used to be there mm -hmm. all the time and And i just remember that all the time
1: yeah and it was cool because like we all looked at it like it was normal like we the the one thing that was good for us was just having each other's company it didn't matter where we were or who was around it's just like me sitting next to you guys too and then or like you got me and Casey playing you guys in trumps so that's kind of like all that mattered or like we're playing the uncle larry guys and they're always talking shit and <laughs> about bolo us and all that kind of stuff no but yeah it's it's like that's true that's probably one of the biggest memories i think i have was um having to walk to and from practice um that was my freshman year i think so from mm-hmm. polymomy we'd start the day off walk to um the high school go to practice walk back to the to polymomy and then have dinner in the cafeteria i remember their cookies <laughs> cookies, those are good for some reason the chocolate chip cookies but no yeah that's that's true too I think that's probably one of my my favorite memories or like whether it's that or just going to grandma's house at IL and just having dinner every night almost and playing cards too
2: that yeah, was good fun I definitely credit that too like the adults in our yeah. family I feel like they did a pretty good job at keeping us all together because oh, we were yeah. young. And yeah. I mean, like you said, you're, you were freshman year and you're the oldest out of us. So I was, I think, sixth or seventh grade. Kobe yeah. was, what, fourth grade? So we were yeah. really young. So we never really understood. Like for us, I feel like that was like our first big loss. So we didn't really understand the scope of what was happening. Like I, yeah. I, I still remember it was uh, after my sixth grade graduation coming home. And then grandma wasn't feeling well. And then, you know, like it was kind of crazy because like the firefighters came in, had to help help her out and bring her to the hospital. And for us, we just thought like, we were probably thinking like, you know, she'll be okay. She's just in the hospital. She's not feeling well. She'll come out anytime. Yeah. And I feel like our family did a really good job at like not protecting us, but definitely keeping us comfortable, you know, Um, and just being around each other, you know, keeping things positive. I think that was huge for us. And uh, you guys mentioned the dinners every day, like, You know, sometimes we take turns, we'd help cooking and whatnot. So it really brought our family together. Like a moment that is, you know, really sad and heartbreaking. It was still a huge moment that we think of in a positive way as well. Just how it brought our family together and think, you know, I'm really grateful for that. Yeah. And it's kind of like an unfortunate
1: thing because like a lot of families, like they're separated. Yeah. Like we live in, like right now, We I live in Vegas, you're in Crookston, you're in San Jose. And like, unfortunately, like, um, a lot of times it takes a loss in the family to bring family closer together like from all kinds of all places uh, throughout the the world and stuff but it's just unfortunate but but when we do gather it's like we never left each other like the bond is still there you know um and yeah like what you were saying john i think um i think when we're going through everything it's like our parents our family they kind of felt like we needed to be together or they wanted to be together i don't think they at the time i don't know if they realized that like you know all that stuff would be motivational or like influence us the way that it did now like looking looking at everything now it's like they did everything to kind of uh get us to where we are now like we said in the first episode but like there's certain things that they did just kind of like at At the top of their head they they weren't expecting it to to go this far in our lives. you know, mm-hmm. they just were living day by day and then now look at us you know we're I think we're strong independently, and I think um that goes yeah. to show or that goes primarily because of what they all did for us, and like yeah, when they decided to gather us um go to make dinners every night, you know, make sure everyone was in each other's company and have a good time while we were there that all that stuff did influence us. And, exponentially and, so. in,
0: influencing. I don't know if you remember what great uh, great grandma, uh, she used to watch like K pop drama and Family Feud. Yeah. 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 yeah.
2: And, or uh, I, Walker, Walker, Texas Ranger. <laughs> <House on the, laughs> what was the other one? House
0: little on the little Prairie. Little House on the Prairie. Yeah. Yeah. House on yes. the prairie. Murder,
2: Murder, She Wrote. Murder, She that Wrote.
1: That <laughs> yeah, I remember those because that was like right when the theme song came on. That's how I knew it was my nap time. Like right when we got <laughs> <come laughs> from school. Like, cool. Yes.
0: Yep. She used to, uh, I, I tell people, I attribute, like, my my English growing up. Um, I, I couldn't speak English for, like, till I was, like, four, late blooming. And I told mm-hmm. my mom, I was like, bro, it's probably because great grandma was always watching Korean drama. Like, I never got yeah, you can it see. It was always really Korean. Confused. I was confused. Yeah. I was like, bro, it's like, is that what I'm supposed to be speaking or is this what yeah. I'm supposed <laughs> to be speaking? I don't know which is what, but that was kind of my favorite memories. Like, I just remember, like, the Korean drama, she used to – I remember when before we started to go elementary, she was the one. Her and Auntie Mae was the one that kind of watched us at the Aya house, and yeah, she, it was just, it was just, yeah. it was just fun times, you know. Thinking yeah, about it was, it. it
1: was good fun. I remember too, like when we were small, how competitive we all were too, like playing games. I used to get pissed when I lose <laughs> in video games. I don't know, I don't know if Don was there, but we was in Kobe's room when you
2: threw the controller at <laughs> <his head. laughs> Dog. Oh man,
0: <sighs> we we that had a funny. bunch of. I remember. I think there was all moments that we all got angry sometimes. Like oh, yeah. I even remember we have one the thing time.
2: about us though, we have we have anger issues, man. That's, yeah, that's yeah. What it
1: is. So- sometimes, <laughs> I, it it comes out when like Lula pisses me off too. Like Lula pisses yeah. me off. I'm like,
0: Lula, <laughs> I Gotta breathe. Yeah, I gotta like make sure <laughs> I, I. We're realize just hot blooded. And we used to get, we used to. It's it's not the angry to describe it, people. It's the kind of angry when we were little, where we would start crying. But we'd be like, "Yeah,
2: yeah, what are you doing?" Hearing voices all shaky.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That was funny though because yeah, that day because when I when I threw the controller at your head, I didn't remember. You sat up and you're like, (gasps) (gasps) and like you was crying and like it was just was funny because. Like I think about it now, it hit your head, the controller, like it, maybe the battery. Battery popped out and, and <laughs> like when you was like, ah, I was like, Oh, okay. Maybe he, he thinks he's a beast because <laughs> the, the controller never did damage to him. <laughs> 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 Cause I was like, Oh, oh I, I don't even know what I did after that. I, that's the last thing I remember was your, your reaction.
2: And now he's six, five and he can throw you I out. Know, the window. Bro. <laughs>
0: no
1: way. You can't, you catch me,
0: boy. You catch <laughs> to be honest now, I think I don't even remember that, but that's probably why the back of my damn hand is flat, bro. No, I swear,
1: it was his forehead. I don't know forehead. Oh you, can't, man. you cannot blame you cannot blame that for the way you look. I'm sorry, <laughs> that's, sorry, Sierra and Marlon. Who? Sorry, Ooh. you guys have to go go through raising this one.
0: Oh my goodness, I'm the <laughs> nah, uh, I set the standard for the for this family of how handsome you got to look. I don't know what oh you're talking goodness. about. Oh my goodness, you, you know <laughs> It's not that's it's not it's not oldest to youngest. It's the ugliest, the most handsome. <laughs> Meaning youngest to oldest. Mm. What you mean.
1: <laughs> we gotta get we gotta get Bozu on here on time. Bozu oh, would be a good one. Yeah, Bozu would like to be here, or Uncle Sid too. And then we used yeah, to play. Yeah. Uh,
0: remember when we used to play uh, Mario Kart? We used to have. We all used to. Oh have yeah. yeah, Like all yeah. The, even the older yeah, yeah. the old people used to play. Like our our grandpas yeah. and our aunts and our uncles used to play yep. Mario Kart. We used to get super competitive with that stuff. Yep. <laughs> Uncle Jared, oh. Uncle Jared is just yeah. That was another one, one too. Yeah. yeah. It was just a lot of, I think there was just a lot of different things. But then, like, after great-grandma, we lost my, you know, my grandpa, your uncle, uh, Wayne Lonzo. And and that one was kind of hard. Like, for me personally, that one was really hard because I think I got to the age where I kind of understood more. Like, I was in the sixth grade, and I understood, like, I understood what was happening. And I think that one was different for a lot of us because, like, I tell people, like, he was going through his cancer treatment. Like, you saw... The digression, mm-hmm. the regression of, of yeah. like who he was to what ended up happening. And I think for me physically and mentally. Physically yeah. and mentally. And he was kind of like when I look back at it, he was kind of the pillar or the core yeah, kind of to our of, family. You know, yeah, like he, yeah. he was the like the head of the table to kind of put. Mm-hmm. And and he it was, really yeah. hit all of us because, like, even after our great grandma passed away every time we would have dinners at the house, you know, he was kind of always the one that, that kept us all together. He was the one that was calm, even though he lost his mom. And then for us to happen, for that to happen all of a sudden, I mean, that was, that was hard for all of us, I think. I, and, and it was, especially for me, it was, it was a rough time. And it's something that even probably till just a couple of years ago, um, like a lot of people don't know this, but I, I, I started to do, I actually went to a couple of therapy sessions. Like I actually went to professional therapy sessions a couple of years ago only. And it was yeah. just because like, I, I started to notice like throughout my whole life, what it did to me. And like, we mm-hmm. talk about the, the quotes that we, we talked about earlier about how words is only one thing, but it's action. Like I always told myself, like, I wanted to get better. Like I wanted to be better, but I always felt, and it, and not necessarily a bad thing, um, but him passing away, kind of held me back. Like it, it, it kind of, you know, I felt locked to the past. Like I couldn't yeah, move yeah. forward. Like I couldn't felt go this, all into things. I couldn't go all into things, whether it was personal, professional. And, 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 you know, I think it's just, it's it's hard. It's hard thinking about it. And I think that's the one thing for it's, everybody to know. It's just, it's difficult.
1: Yeah. And I think um, you shared, you shared a post, I think it was, it was on Instagram, about like you being scared about letting go of the yeah. memories that, that you had, I think, or something like that. And like, honestly, that, that's the, I saw that I was like, oh, cool, yeah, that's, because
2: yeah, that you think a, about it, it, there's, there's
1: memories. Good, yeah. yeah. There's memories that like, as we grow old, older, a lot of memories kind of get pushed to the back burner. Like mm-hmm. we still remember them, but they get kind of blurry. Yeah, But then the, the coolest thing is like, when we, we remember those things, it's kind of like it, it brings that whole feeling of, of what it felt like that time then and there. So when I saw that you are kind of like worried about letting go of those memories or scared about forgetting your papa and all that kind of stuff, it was like. Um, that's one thing like you, you don't want to forget I guess you don't want to forget you always want to have those those memories but at the same time it's like you want to forget about the negative uh, thoughts or feelings that it brings to you because because those memories like it's memories that should be cherished and can be cherished by like literally everybody your kids eventually one day you're gonna let them know how scary your papa was without his front teeth and all that <laughs> oh, kind <of> stuff. yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <Jesus. laughs> Yeah, i never going to tell him that. that one. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Like all that stuff, like, you don't want to forget all those good, good times. You want to forget all the negative stuff about it because you don't want it to like hold you back exactly like what you said, but it's so hard. And like, like the crazy thing is it's like, again, like going with faith and trying to believe that, you know, things happen for a reason. But like you said, it it is hard. Like just letting go, letting go of something that you loved and cherished so much and that had so, so much of an influence in your life. But when you kind of realize that, um, there's there's other things like there's other things that once you let go of, of something negative that you can um be like catapulted into a, a pool of positivity or, or like a a whole nother aspect of your life that you had no idea or you wouldn't have known unless you've let go of that negativity kind of thing I don't know if that makes sense but um and it's not it's not necessarily negative that you remember or you forget these memories you know it's just like you just want to try and forget or, or let go of the things that bring you down, I guess. And, and the whole thing goes back to, you know, like what we do, like how you said you went to therapy Um, when, when great grandma was in the hospital, our family chose to just be together. All that stuff, all that stuff was a positive stuff out of that negative, you know, and that's, I think that's what kind of catapulted us to now, but um, yeah, it is hard. It's hard to, forget and and think back and like the scariest thing is like we we live today we we go through our daily routine and stuff and just knowing like you know tomorrow really isn't promised like you kind of cherish those moments even more those those memories and stuff you know makes you kind of like look forward to tomorrow even though it's not promised I don't know if that makes sense but you just want to live today to to kind of I don't even know what I'm saying really
2: Oh yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's natural for people, you know, as, as you move on from, you know, these negative memories, it's natural for people to forget things and yeah, yeah. we shouldn't necessarily feel bad about it. Cause I think it's inevitable that we'll forget things, but
0: exactly, yeah.
2: I always like to think that the positive stuff, you know, like they can always be sparked back. Right. Like, let's say we forget a smell or, you know, a, his laughter, but it's weird how random little things can kind of bring that back to your memory. So even though like, you know, you might feel guilty that you might forget things, I think that it doesn't mean it's completely lost, you know, something else, maybe even when you're a grandfather and you have grandchildren, you might suddenly remember something from, you know, your past with your papa. So, I mean, I think you should never feel guilty about, you know, being in a good place. I think that's, that's kind of what I got from your post that you felt a little guilty that you were, you were healing, you know, and it made you feel like you were forgetting things. And maybe like Philip said, it, it might be the things that are negative, you know, how, how he was towards the ending of his days. I know that part was really hard for a lot of us. That was hard, yeah. So um I think you you know you don't want to be you don't want to feel guilty about you know moving on or I w- I shouldn't say moving on, but you know being okay. Right. Being I know comfortable, like in a way yeah. being comfortable, right? Like I know like in a way you hurting is kind of your way to hold on to him still and like you'd feel guilty about you know being okay. But I think you should not feel guilty. You can still hold on to those positive memories and like Philip said, you know, the, the stories that we, that we remember of your papa, like that one where he pulls out his dentures and, it, you know, his teeth are missing and he scares you. Like, I remember yeah. uh, him taking us home to the bowling alley one day, me and him. Yeah. And uh, he got out the car and then he was waiting for me uh, right by the front door. And he just, it was completely dark in our garage. If you guys don't know, like there's no lights inside oh, yeah. for some reason.
1: Until but, you walk
2: to like the freaking door. Until you walk to the door. Yeah. So he, he went ahead of me. And then I guess he was, he knew I'm scared. So he just waited for me. And as soon as I walked in, all I felt was a hand on my chest and I swear like my <laughs> life just I was gone. Dude, someone was going to take me right there. And that's yeah. just on the you know, like yeah. he found joy in making. I mean, yes, we, he's scared the shit out of us, but we, we yeah. he knew it was, it was all for fun and we knew it was all for fun. And he just found joy of making us happy. And you know, he like you said, he was, he was the pillar, you know, like he was the he strong, was. he can be outspoken, like in a good, you know, like he's just, he doesn't care what people think. And, uh, like I think losing that, that was crazy. Cause you know, when you think of your 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 star player, your number one, like you can't imagine them, you know, being taken away like that, you know, especially so yeah. young. Right. Like with going back to grandma, like, you know, she she was already on the older side. We kinda we kinda knew like, you know, like she was ninety something. So, you know, if it was her time, it was her time. But for your papa, that that was really hard for us, you know, like just him being taken away like that. So I think in a way it felt unfair for us. So, yeah. understanding yeah. that, like, it, it is a hard position for us to be in. And for you, Kobe, like, being able to move on, I don't think that's a negative thing. You know, you just, mm-hmm. you be positive about it. And like I said, it doesn't mean you forget your papa. You know, it just means that there's room for a lot of other positive things.
1: Yeah, 100%. And Kobe, like, the, the biggest thing, and, like, you, you still motivate me, too. Like, I don't know how you guys did it. I don't know how your mom did it, how, how your dad did it too, but like when we were growing up, I know I remember the days from when we were in the hospice and things was, was already getting rough. I remember that morning when um he had passed away and everything, and like as kids, you don't really think about like how we're going to grow up. you just kind of living in that day and having fun with the company that you have, but like looking at how far you, your mom, Kayson, and and all them came, it's like holy crap, you know, you really got to, gotta have a a solid foundation and that's how you know like that's why I think your papa uncle Wayne he kind of instilled all that in into you guys into your mom into your dad into you um even though you were young even though um we were all young you know you kind of look at that stuff like um he he was like the big motivator to keep you guys going even though he wasn't there physical physically and like the the one thing was like every year um his anniversary came and um, your mom would kind of post about how 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 happy he was about like you guys and where you guys were and and how much we wish he was here to kind of see all this stuff, but like he's he's there he's watching you he's watching us talk right now and, and that's a that's the coolest thing like you know for a fact he's probably smiling right now with all his dentures without in dentures.
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> but I think that's yeah. I think that's the one thing too like like John like you were saying about how not feeling guilty about. I guess moving on because I think a lot of us like people who who lose somebody like for all of us, we, we, we have to remember like how would they want us to live? Would they want us to live in regret and in depression or in holding on to the fact that they were, you know, that we lost them or would they want us to live our life and be the best we possibly can. And that was when I, when that line, when I was able to start create that line between the two and say, Hey, my papa would want me to live. That's when I started to get better, but it was, and it's interesting to hear all of you. And, and I want to share this story because I think my papa taught us all something. Like he was an example yeah. of something. And for me, I think he really showed me what unconditional love was. And, and for this, I have this story like, so when he went through chemotherapy and for anybody who's gone through chemotherapy or has seen somebody gone through chemotherapy and, and just cancer in general, they start to they start to be the person they are starts to be a shell of actually of who they actually are. Like they start to lose weight, they start to lose their hair. I mean, they just don't look like who they usually are. And my grandpa was going through chemotherapy and he could barely get out of bed. I remember my aunt, my mom would have to help him shower. Um, he could barely hold food down. Anytime he would eat, he would throw up or he just didn't want to eat. But I used to play on the little league baseball team with the angels. And we used to play at the annex field across of Iowa high school and every single game. I, it was always when, when, when he was going through his chemotherapy treatment, I would always look up to the left at the top of the bleachers. And he was always there. He was always, he always had his sports authority, uh red park chair that he would sit in. He had his black, black hat with his, uh. it used to be like a decaf Wahoo, a red Oahu yep. and He used to yep. wear this red shirt with these, uh, thin cargo shorts that super thin cargo shorts he would always wear and every time no matter what it, he never failed to show up he couldn't eat he couldn't shower by himself but for some reason some way he always found the energy and the love to be able to drive himself and come to the game in the sun and watch me play and i i never understood that at the moment like again like all of you are saying we were kids so you never understand that the magnitude of what's happening but when i started to reflect back on it even now i started to understand like that's the example, that's kind of the standard for unconditional love, like to show up no matter what's going on in your life, like to be there for the people that you love, show them through actions. And and for me, that's been the core of everything. That's why I've wanted to work in sports. That's why I am the way with everybody in our family. That's why I thrive to be the best I can possibly be is because he set that example. So I guess what about, I mean, what about you guys? I mean, is there anything that you can kind of remember, like something that he taught you? that you kind of keep with you today?
1: I think like for me, like, so what what you said too, I like to tie into, I want to tie into that too, because like, as far as loving, it goes to unconditional love kind of um, goes to the point or kind of like goes back to your individual life and the object that you're putting love into. Like your Papa had all this stuff he was taking care of, but he also had you, you know, like he, he took care of whatever he had to, or he, he went through whatever he had to, but he shed his light, his love on you, what what he loved. And, and that's the coolest thing about love. Like, no matter what's going on in your life where where you want to put love, you'll put love, you know, all that stuff. But, like, for me, I think the lesson that he gave me was just positive, en- positive energy no matter what. Mm-hmm. Like, no matter what happened, if there was, like, something negative or something awkward one night when we're playing cards, your papa would be the first one to break the silence. Like, if, if people... Are like arguing because like they they threw a trump card when when they wasted something else or something. <laughs> you know your pop would be the the one to first crack a joke and and he was literally like he was a pillar. He was also the clown of the family and like I can't remember or I I'm never gonna forget how how much of an influence that he had positively in all of our lives. Like whether it's like bringing up a a sad moment to uh, pushing it. Not not bringing up a sad moment, but like making it more positive, making a negative moment into a positive, I guess, and um, kind of just staying away from the the dark depression side and just pushing towards the light and positive side, I guess. That was that was what I got from him. Like he, no matter what we were doing, he just wanted to make sure everyone was having a good time, regardless of what he was going through. I remember too, like when we were at the hospital, we'd ask him, "Well, how are you doing? Um, or how are you doing today?" And his thing was, like, he was getting tired of answering how he was doing. Like, we knew knew how he was doing, you know. He just wanted us to kind of, like, cherish each other's time together and and, and the moments we had together instead of, like, making sure he was okay. Because we knew the state he was in. We just, like, out of just – it's a common thing to just ask if you're okay. But, Mm -hmm. like, since he knew that we knew the situation he he was in, he wanted us to focus on, like, other stuff instead of, like, him – and, and all that stuff, even when grandma was in the hospital, too, I remember when, like, we'd, we'd be asking grandma if she's okay, and the one thing he said was, like, he told us that, you know, she's, she's in the situation, she knows what she's going through, we know what she's going through, so don't waste your time, like, asking if she's okay, like, if anything, talk to her about something that that moved you or something that she did to, to kind of make your life better, and, and that was pretty cool, like, he was just always positive, like, a positive influence in a, in a negative time, I guess.
2: Yeah. uh, Feeding off of that. I mean, that's, that's what I learned from him. His positivity, his energy, you know, like uncle Wayne, like you guys said, he was a clown. He can always turn a tense situation into a funny situation. Um, And going back to his chemo, like I don't remember a time during his chemo that he ever complained or he was negative or he ever said, you know, why, why is this happening to me? Like, what did I do? You know, he was always positive. He always made sure, like, like you said, Kobe, like he was there, at your games, even though it might have caused him discomfort, he knew that like he always was looking out for the people around him, you know, like he never let his situation affect the people outside of him. And I think that's huge. You know, like energy is a big one, like how you react around people that affects like the whole room. Right. It sets the tone. So and your that's your yeah. papa being the the pillar, he definitely set the tone. So seeing him in that situation and still be the positive light that he was still being able to crack a joke every now and then, that was, that was huge, especially... When as a family, we were, you know, we were hurting, right? Because of course we know, like you said, like toward, there was a certain point in the situation we knew like it wasn't looking good, but even though he, even then he still kept us positive and just, yeah, his, his strength is what's admiring about him. And even, even to this day, I still, I still think about him and how like we feared him, but not out of like, yeah. cause he was going to hurt us, but because of respect, you know, yeah, exactly. like, he was the guy that he would make you cry by just talking to you because and telling you the right things, you know, like, yeah. like he, he does not have to put a hand on you, but when he talks to you and tells you what you should be doing, what's like, if you're doing something wrong and he just puts you straight, like you, you just cry because you know, he's yeah, right. Exactly. And the way he says it, the power in his voice. And it's just, that's just something that I, I've never come across ever in my life. So that's, yeah. that's the one thing that sticks out to me is just the kind of person your papa was. And I see that a lot in you, Kobe, you know, like you're, yeah. you're still that positive energy. Like you said, you went through all of this, but here you are, you know, you're pushing yourself, making these podcasts and starting these, you know, these things like this. And that's, that's inspiring. So, I mean, I can see how, how he had a big inspiration on you and it's just kind of nice to see. You know. yeah, yeah. And
1: it's funny, like there's, there's those people like, you know, they, they're not, well, oh, for us at least, he never really physically disciplined us. But like for your mom guys, or for you, Kobe, I don't know. I don't I know, know when the door is closed know. or whatnot.
0: You
2: know, <laughs> I mean, times were different <laughs> back then. You yeah, know what I mean? Like yeah. I think we all we all got lickings from our grandparents. That, like, it is. It is. <laughs> yeah,
1: like so, it wasn't too bad. But like he was a guy. Like you know, if he, he was just intimidating. Like John said, he mm-hmm. says something, you can listen. Like, cause and it's funny because like we all respected him. We. We all knew when to joke around with him. But when, when he was serious, like, we knew, like, okay, mm-hmm. wipe your smile off your face, you know. <laughs> you got to
0: take a step back and, and listen to what he's saying because he's, he's serious right now. And he used to do that. It's so funny because he used to do that with everybody. The one thing I remember was, uh, I remember, I, I don't know how old I was, but I was sneaking through, you know how the Aya, the Aya house, that kitchen window into the garage, that little one. And yeah. I wasn't tall enough to see, so I was I was standing on a stool. So I had to be pretty young. But I remember... He was like scolding my dad outside in the in the um because he he helped my dad get his job working at Connie Ho as a custodian. Yeah, yeah. And he was outside and you could hear my like my grandpa was just like my papa was like yelling at him, kind of like being stern. And and I was over there like, oh, I was, like I was I was kind of cheering on because I was like, I was remembering, I was like, Oh, my dad used to was licking me last week. He was, he was licking yesterday. I said, Let's go, let's go. Lick him, Papa, lick him. I was like, smiling, I was Yeah, I was, Let me go but then i and then i also remember um, my uncle uncle chris my auntie cole my mom's sister's uh, husband and uncle jared and my dad i think they were arguing about politics and like you were saying my like he was kind of the he was the one to like break up fights and they were arguing yeah. about politics yeah he was i remember sitting in his chair and he was like he was like something along the lines he's like hey you guys you guys vote? Mm-hmm. and then it was like oh no it was like well yeah if yeah no <laughs> vote no complain then no and I was vote like, no oh. yep. I was like it's no vote, a- no grumble yeah. and I, I I just said that recently a couple of days to somebody and and like even for me I'm, I'm I'm gonna vote for the first time this year but I always mm-hmm. kind of held that mentality mm-hmm. it was like a funny story but I always held that mentality it was like ah oh, you don't vote no complain but like it was it was funny because he did that with everybody and like knowing he did yeah our, like your mom like everybody in our family like no matter who you were like Sydney boy like he was always stirring with no matter how old you were, it doesn't matter matter the relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. He
1: treated, I mean, he treated everybody like his, his own, like, and it kind of like how it's how it was because we all grew up in that house. Yeah. So he was like, he
2: was a father
1: figure for, for everybody.
2: Yeah. Like you were saying, like he, like he was a pillar and every, even though he got upset at us, it was all from a place of love. You know, and that's, Mm -hmm. I think that's the big separator. Like people, they yell at each other all the time sometimes with no no agenda but for for your papa every time if he did raise his voice if he did yell at you it was because he wanted you to listen and there was a reason why he's not just getting upset at you to you know to be bigger than you to put you down but it's because he wants you to be better and i think you know no matter your age he could you know he did that and i think that's why it was a huge loss for all of us
0: and it's so funny because i feel like after after uh, my papa passed away, like that stern figure, I feel like your mom, Philip, Auntie Chanel, kind of took over. Like, and it, it, it's so funny because, like, like well, what would you say your mom's old? Like 5'4"? No, on a, on a five, super two? good day, she's like five <laughs> two. two. Yeah, she's five like two. five. So like five <laughs> two. So imagine this, people, people listening. Yeah, so uh, Philip's mom, Anthony Schinai, was 5 two. I'm about 6'2", and, and when I, my offensive lineman days, is about three hundred pounds. And if Philip, you're about what 5'4", probably? Oh, my oh, <laughs> on a good day if I, if I if
2: I
1: stretch in the morning, you know And then mean?
0: John, John, what are you about five what? Uh, five, eight, five, five eight. eight. So we're all See, eight. Man, we're all and same height. Like, That's so, we're, we're same height. Yeah. pretty we're close to Kobe. Yeah. And she was like. Anytime she would talk, we would all listen. So like yeah. a dude who's six two, three hundred pounds, to this five two lady, like you would like, oh dude, why would you? Listen? You can you can overtake her any time, like whatever, like yeah. yeah, like. But then no, if she said something, you would stand there and you listen. Stop, yeah. you would Stop doing whatever you do. So it's it's funny thing about so, that. But,
2: uh, it all comes down to respect. I think that's the biggest thing with our family, yep. like we have such huge respect for the people in our lives, you know, not just people who are older than us, but even like between each other that we'll never like, we'll never have too much pride. And like, you know, I, I feel like a lot of days, like people, kids aren't afraid to talk back to their parents, you know, but like when we were kids, like we, we would never dare to, yeah, maybe there was like a moment or two, but we get checked real quick. You know what I mean? Like, like it doesn't matter. Like we just have such huge respect for them and it's, it's not from a place of fear, even though we know they could, you know, you know, hit us if, if, if we were acting up, but it's because we respected who they were and we know what they went through. And like you said, your papa passed that on to everybody. And that's just, that's just how it's been in our family. I think respect is a huge one and not just each other, but all of the people around us, you know, like, I feel like it's like, for us, like saying please. And thank you. That's, that's just natural for us, you know, but for most people, they have to think about it or you don't hear it much. And it's just because that's how we were raised. You know, I feel like, the situations that we were all in that our family was in i think you guys mentioned it in the last podcast but we, we don't come from you know huge influence we don't have a lot of money in our family but what our family could pass on to us is respect you know respecting and the love, people yeah. around us and just being the best version of ourselves and yeah i mean that's that goes a long way to who we are today yeah, yeah.
1: And, and like it love yeah respect respect and love was was the biggest thing and like with with my mom like she didn't even have to say things sometimes she just she just look at you a certain way and you're like, oh, okay. yeah.
2: Eyebrows raise and up and then you just. The eyebrows, yeah, yeah. The, the little
1: <laughs> eyebrows that she has. She, she raises them and you're like, oh, okay, I better chill. But, like, it, it wasn't until, like, maybe my senior year of high school where I started kind of, like, understanding things and, like, seeing things that, like, the reason why she didn't make me go out was because of this and because of that and, and all that kind of stuff. And then that's when I started to joke around with her and, and kind of talk back jokingly and stuff. but. Mm-hmm like to this day like our respect our love never goes out for the people that raised us to to be the people that we we were today like you guys you shells like i do i i look up to her too because of the things that she goes through the things she's been through from from a kid and the shit that i gave her when when i was a, a kid a little rascal boy i used to make so much trouble to her but no yeah she's she's a big influence in in my life too because like it's like she's doing a lot with so little, you know? And that's, Mm -hmm. that's like our whole family growing up, everybody, all our parents, you know, our grandparents, our aunts, uncles, they all grew up doing so much with so little. And, and that's like, that's the most influential thing in in my life, you know? And, and like, like your uncle, uncle Wayne, he never really, he never had to buy anything. All he had to give us was his time. And we all loved it. You know, it's, it's cool. Like we, his, his time all the time he put into it, to the dinners the the good jokes the scary jokes like i remember like when the bowling alley too when he freaking when we'd ride with him in his truck in his ford and then like instead of going home he'd start driving up the heights like we can go to the um yeah. trail, kind of. I was like oh my god and then he started telling us scary stories he used to do that too um mm-hmm. uncle sid too i remember uncle sid telling us the same exact stories but no it's like you, you put in you put in the time you create these memories you know that's that's the stuff we have now versus like the toys we had when we were three years old where, where is all that stuff you know we don't we don't have that stuff anymore mm-hmm. but but in our in our minds in our hearts we have all those good times
0: nah, hey, nah. it was so fun i don't know it, it's so funny think, like so crazy like thinking about like like even now like i think about like all you need is a group of people somebody to make dinner and a deck of cards to have fun like that was like yeah that's all we needed that's all we needed yeah we needed. We
2: needed. didn't even have to be a fancy dinner you know it's just a homemade dinner it was yeah. chili it, it was our chili, chili. right uh, easy chili. things to cook show you chicken what else show you chicken yeah,
1: it was the, the usual yeah. i just remember breakfast too and we'd make brunch making a
2: lot of breakfast yeah every time
1: bacon yeah. spam corned beef hash oh 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 the goulash yeah. Oh, yeah that the was always the good one. Mushroom,
2: that was good With but the that's the crazy goes. thing right like nowadays like i feel like it's hard for families to get 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 together but during that time we were doing it every single night you know what i mean Every like, literally every night literally every single night we'd be doing a family dinner all together and like i always i literally think that's the turning point for our family you know like like you guys mentioned our family has always been close You know, because of the situations that we've all been through with our parents and whatnot, even our grandparents, but I feel like it started off with grandma that was like the turning point for our family where we just kind of got even closer than you could imagine a family being, you know, and I think that's what kind of set the tone for where we are now, you know, that was that's a huge milestone for our family in terms of being close. And I never take that moment for granted, you know, I yeah. think that that's something when you look back at it, that's, that's what changed everything, you know?
1: Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Cause you, like, look at us now. I mean, you know, we're, we're all comfortable. We can all, you guys know, you guys can call me or, or anybody yeah. else in the family, whenever it doesn't matter. Like, like we, we texting or, or calling Kobe at 12 o'clock Vegas, yeah. California time. <laughs> and it's like two, three o'clock Minnesota time. Kobe, Kobe still answer like all groggy voice and everything. And it's, it just goes to show, you know, our, our past. Like, we, we did struggle. We're, we're going to struggle. And, you know, that, that stuff kind of makes us who we are today. It brings us closer. And, um, yeah, like John said, you know, we can never take all that stuff for granted. Because without that stuff, we wouldn't be this close. Like,
0: yeah. we wouldn't be like
1: the brothers we are today, you know. You know? And, and, and that, that's the truth.
0: And that's, like, that's not even worried. exaggerating. Like, we literally yeah. – like, for a few years until Philip graduated and left off to college, we literally spent every single night together. And, like, we would yeah. even – like, not even just nighttime. We would go out to the mall as a family and sit at the, yeah, on the curbside, like, just talking or just do a bunch of – at the beach every Saturday playing. Um, Like, to give you perspective, people, like, we had oh. enough people to play sand volleyball six-on-six, like, yep. six, and this was competitive. And yeah. All like, we time. literally had oh, – Sweating. You're sand be sticking
1: all over your body, yep.
0: Uncle Jared. Or you, you're going to get familiar with Uncle Jared on this podcast because yeah, Uncle Jared with, is probably the most competitive, most angry, <laughs> most real, like the most unluckiest person in our family. Unlucky, emphasis, emphasis unlucky. on the no unlucky. He would, he would literally. We would be playing sand volleyball. Would be at the sand on the beach. And he would literally, like, cut his toe open because it just so happened out of the whole sand. He would stub his toe on some rock under the sand. On a bridge under the sand. sand. Literally, the only
1: only place on that freaking sand volleyball court, Uncle Jared had to step in.
0: (laughs) And he busts his toe. His (laughs) toe is bleeding. Yeah. It's like, holy crap. So unfortunate. The worst person to happen, like, he would just go off. And it was... It was, I don't know, we just had a lot, we had a lot of good time, but for everybody listening, I think again, the topic is, you know, how to deal with losing a loved one. Um, So I kind of want to go through like individually, what was your process or what helped you um, get through that hard time so that, you know, people can kind of take what we do or mesh it all together and just trying to help them go through that transition and grieving process themselves. So I don't know, let's go uh, oldest from youngest this time around okay so best
1: looking to obvious okay I'll go first
0: <laughs> <laughs> no I think for me
1: um one of the, one of the things that helped me was just of course keeping busy but um so around that time when grandma was in the hospital my best friend um Brandon Obiva. that's when I started going to church and all that stuff like that's when I know I was old but that's when I got my holy communion I started going to um I frick what was it called Confirmation and all that stuff. I started getting closer to God. That's when everything first started. It's like you know, there's we're we're here on Earth for a a short amount of time compared to like the everlasting life that we're we're, we should be given by God and all that kind of stuff. Like again, I'm not I'm not super holy. I'm not the the purest Catholic or or all that kind of stuff. But you know, you go to church, you start to understand like the reason behind things and and like once I started going to church, it's like God, you kind of understand that God starts to take people, you know, from your life. Unfortunately, sometimes you get, you can be mad. You'll, you'll be mad at God, but there's, there's a reason for everything. And like looking, looking back at it, like with grandma, God took grandma. Grandma was struggling. She was going through so much stuff. Like she'd be going to the hospital almost every, uh, every other month up until like the last, the last few months when she was alive, she was going through she, she was going to the hospital, taking medication all this kind of stuff she had bruises all over her arms and all the kind of stuff from from all the IV and all the kind of injections that she had and then she was still chugging along but then there's there's an extent there's there's an an extent that you want someone to suffer or or all the kind of stuff and when once you understand that like or once you see how much that person is suffering and you kind of realize that they're no longer suffering and they're up there with god you know they're they're in a better way better place than we are now like you see you see what we're going through like the world that we live in it's nowhere near as peaceful as, as what it's gonna be when, when we're all up there and and that's kind of something that helped me and thank thank you to the bevas for opening their arms to me and bringing me into their family then bringing me to church again and all that stuff um another thing was just keeping busy and with with football that was the biggest thing like football was a was a a big thing for our family you know it, it kept all of us busy throughout our entire or just sports in general like just growing up de- participating in sports and just you know just keeping our mind off of certain things and putting it into into other things but the whole thing is just understanding that um there's there's some something to look forward after forward to after this life and and like understanding that the person that's no longer with us they're no longer strung- struggling although sometimes people lose lose loved ones like um, unexpectedly it's just it's just kind of like it's hard to understand and hard to believe but God really takes the best of us you know like he, he he might need somebody more than more than we do down here and it's like it goes to an extent where these important people this important person they teach us these life lessons and it goes to show like when they're gone if those life lessons were actually learned the right way then it'll kind of prosper in, in your life you know it'll make a difference in your life and, and the people around you and and that's the thing like what Kobe said before too like how do you want to live your life in, in their eyes like they wouldn't want you to kind of dwell sit back you know watch time go by while, while we sit down in our chair kind of depressed and and like wish wishing they were still here granted yeah we still wish they're here because of the good times and stuff but how How would they want us to live our life we can we can never dwell on on something that we don't know and something that that we can't control it's that's the biggest thing and what we can control is now and hopefully we control control it for the better of tomorrow and it's just yeah just live live with what they taught you and then hopefully you can kind of prosper from that like just all the all, all the positive memories and and hopefully you can pass all the lessons that they learned that you learn from them to like the generation below you or your friends or or your other younger family members and all that stuff.
2: Yeah. So bouncing off of what you were saying about, you know, people suffering. So I remember when grandma passed away, I was at my mom's house and we had to drive down to, to go see grandma, you know? And I remember seeing her and just natural reaction, crying, you know, like crying my eyes eyes out so much that I had to go outside. And I still remember to this day, Papa Sid coming up to me and he asked me, why, why are you crying? And, you know, like I thought yeah. it was like, that's a dumb question. Like, I'm because I'm sad, you know, I didn't answer him. But, you know, I just kept crying. He's like, and he just told me, don't cry because she's in a better place, you yeah. know. And then that's, I think that's what really, like he's like we were saying, that's like the first big person that we lost. So we didn't really understand the process of grief. And I think that's something that really helped me just understanding that as much as we want that person to be here how are they living you know so for for a lot of our family a lot of people get get sick right and towards the ending it's just hard like we talk about how it's completely a completely a different person at the end and they're suffering and just him telling me like she's in a better place i think that that really helped me move on you know yes it's still hard but kind of getting that understanding that it'd be selfish of us to want them to still be here and suffering than to let them go and be in a better place. I think that's something that's that's really stuck with me. Like, yes, it's not gonna make everything all right, you know, knowing that they're in a better place. We're still gonna be sad. We're still gonna wish we're, they're that's, here. And, you know, that's that's just how it is. We're, we're selfish beings and there's there's nothing wrong with that sometimes. We always want people to be around us. We want, you know, want the happy memories again. But I think understanding at the end of the day, they're in a better place, like you said, and not letting, you know, the memory of them and trying to keep them here is what's going to help you let go a little, not easier, but it makes it a little better, you know? And I think that's, yeah, that's yeah. all you can really ask for. Right. Um, just feeling a little better and then that can help with the, the moving on process. But I mean, that, that just goes to show how unselfish our family is, you know, like yeah. we, being able to understand that they are in a better place and it, yes, it hurts for us, but if they're, if they're good, then we're good. You know, yeah. like if they're, if they're not suffering anymore, we're not suffering. And just, you know, understanding that and knowing that they're always watching on, watching upon us, I think that's huge for us as well. And like, like, you know, like for Colby, what they do when they're gone, you know, keeping their memory alive, like we're doing here on this podcast, talking about them. Every time we have family, family gatherings, we, you know, we talk about all the good stories that we have about them. That's, that's what's going to keep them alive, right? In our hearts and in other ways than just physically and that definitely is a lot better than than anything else i'd say so yeah that's kind of the main takeaway from from the loss of family yes it is hard and it it's it sucks you know it's unfair but at the same time if if it's their time to go we we don't want to keep them any longer on this earth if they're suffering you know so just being okay with moving on and you know doing what we can to live in their memory and continue their memory and positive stories and just you know, like the thing about funerals, they always say it's it's never, you know, a time to mourn. It's a celebration of life. Celebration. You know. Yep. And I think that's huge. Like we can be sad, of course, but we should think about the positive memories and just really appreciate who this person was as a human being. And I think that's what helps with the healing process.
0: And and it's interesting, John, that you talk about like the celebration part of a funeral because like the funerals that we ha we've been to, and I don't know if that's a Hawaii thing or but like we would always have like, we would feed everybody that would come, right? We would have like mm-hmm. the, a party in the cafeteria <sighs> yeah. and like yeah. people would, would talk and have fun and, and have good stories. And I didn't really understand it until I looked back on it and, and had that perspective. Like that kind of signified the closing of, of their chapter, you know, of us celebrating them. And that was kind of the, uh, the sign for us to start to move on. Like, hey, yeah. the morning's done, let's celebrate. And the one thing I think about is kind of their legacy is our legacy. So mm-hmm. their legacy is is how we live our life, how we take those lessons. And the one thing I think for people who are that have lost a loved one are going through that grieving process is making sure to talk about it. You know, find somebody that you can kind of talk about these feelings, um, even if it's just simply writing. I think that's something that I learned too late was that if you hold on to these feelings that you're feeling inside it only get it only gets worse inside it starts to build up and it ends up blowing up on you the one thing i also did find out through the process was working out i think between john philip and i i think fitness is a big part of our life obviously john that's his profession but like 100%. lifting was always kind of our therapy like it was my way of letting go of everything I'm not thinking yep. about anything else because when you got heavy ass weights on your back and you're trying to squat you ain't thinking about nothing else except get that weight up and
1: yep and 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 holding holding the crap
0: in your butt from coming <laughs> off <laughs> Bruh, i don't know what guys got you when you
1: when you're lifting heavy weight you know st- stuff might feel a little bit heavy not just in the weight, but you know in places you don't want it to feel
0: heavy. <laughs> I, I hope that's I, all you dog. You got to push, you got to push. I hope nobody else washes your laundry and skin your skin marks <laughs> on your down underwear. Right? I that's hope you watch no no, you
2: do, You're doing the wrong kind of squats, dog. You got it. Any situation.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah. Oh, but, but no, I mean, it's finding, it's finding some sort of whatever it is to help you, I guess, release that stress, relief the weight on your shoulders. Um, find what that is and then and then obviously it takes time um you yeah. know dealing with a loved one yeah. it's not going to be instant for some people the, the grooving process may be five months it may be a couple of weeks it may be a year it might be a lifetime but just no time limit no time well, limit. i also think no like you,
2: it's never going to be a hundred percent you know what i mean like mm. you're always going to have it's always going to be a part of you and i think the sooner that you understand that the the sooner you can heal you know yeah like you never, you're never going to completely heal. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, these kind of situations, this is what molds us as people and understanding that and understanding that this loss will always be with you. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. Yes, we can always improve, but I think knowing that you're not going to a hundred percent get over it. And I would hope that you you never get over it. Right. Because these people, they're important in our it's life huge, like, yep. and they're never yep. going to be forgotten. So we'll, we'll never get over their loss because it will always be with us, but we'll always remember them in the positive lights. I remember hearing a quote, you know, you die twice. One, when, you know, when your body gives out. And the second time is when, you know, someone says your name for the last time. So the more we talk about these people in our lives, we keep them alive. We keep talking, bring these stories on to our family, our kids, and, you know, just, just keep talking about them and they will forever live on
1: yeah 100 percent. and it's cool because like eventually one day when when we start wearing dentures you know we can get grandkids and all that stuff so, oh, i cannot wait for the day oh, to, i can't wait to pull take, that one off
2: yeah take, take
1: the teeth out you know make them let them know you can suck the blood out of their neck <laughs> <laughs> like i'm going with. oh man i remember papa City used to do that too they all papa used Sid to do used that to, yeah i was like oh
0: man maybe oh, that's, that's what, good yeah they taught exactly. us to make sure to brush our teeth. They scared us to make sure you brush your teeth. So yeah, yeah, off. yeah, exactly. I was going to fall out. <laughs> oh, man. But I, I yeah, want but- to give, give a shout out to um, my mom. I want to give a shout out to your mom, Antish Now, uh, Uncle Sid. Uh, just basically a shout out to kind of all the older adult figures in our lives. Um, because I think through this grieving process, like we mentioned a million times, they were kind of the core of the family. Like obviously yeah. they were dealing with, with the grieving themselves, but they still found it unselfishly to make sure that we were okay, making sure that we were living our lives, making sure we were still doing our school homework, getting us to practices, yep. making sure we were doing mm-hmm. things. And and for me, I I, I just, you know, I, I tell my mom this and I, I tell her, you know, she always tells me, like, hey, I may not be the best mother. And I'm always like, No, mom, like, I love you. Like, I I can't imagine. I can't imagine what it's like to lose your parent. And I, I will never be able to understand that, you know, what my mom has gone through, what your mom, you're losing, you know. Because if you think about it, at our age, we were only that many years a part of their life. And our mm-hmm. our parents, our aunts and uncles, they're a lot older than us. They they well. spent a lot more time with these people. Like, like my papa, great grandma, these were the ones that raise them you know from when they were little to now when they were 40 and 30 so for them to go what they went through and unselfishly make sure that we're all okay i just want to give them a shout out because i think that's 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 huge strong and huge and important
1: yeah and then like to tie back into what you kobe were were saying there's like as far as grieving grieving there's there's no time limit for grieving you know um there's no one there's no like rule book that says you have to be okay by this certain amount of days Mm -hmm. and like for you for your mom like your mom was grieving your mom she's still grieving and you know like she might look back and feel like she wasn't a good mom just because of the things that she felt internally but like looking at it now how she still battled her own battles and like to get you case and kai kai and and all that stuff to where to where they are where you are now it's like it's wonders, man. It's it's exactly it's the strength and, and the unconditional love, the same exact thing that your papa had. Like no matter what he was going through, he still showed his love. No matter what your mom was going through internally, she still showed her love, and she, and and with your dad's support too. Your dad was always there, you know, making making sure your mom was okay. And it it was, it's crazy. Like your mom went through so much stuff, cause like. I just remember I remember that day how how hard everything was I remember your mom's reaction too when we we're in the in the hospice and I'm never going to forget it and all that stuff but it's like you you kind of see these people struggle you see that you see them struggle they might not speak out but they feel certain things internally you know we don't know what they're feeling but then to know that they can keep their their internal feelings on one side and shed their light on another side like shedding her light on you, Kaysen, and and Kaikai Kai and your dad, and still still managed to kind of push through her own battle and, and go through her day by day. It's just so inspirational. Like I don't think she she realized all that stuff. And like we we look at this stuff and, and we see that stuff. And of course we we're we were young at the time. So of course they they might not know, yeah. They might not kind of realize that we're paying attention, but we paid attention and like mm-hmm knowing all that stuff now, like we look at it and I think that makes us that much stronger. And like too and, and like your mom would freaking cook for us too, like vinadosh and all that that's stuff. Although doosh, it, it yeah. brings it brings the memories back of your papa. Like she still would would cook all the vinados of all the I good mean. food that, that she'd cook when, when your papa was here too. And it's it's that's the kind of thing too, like saying saying like exactly what John I forget who said it, but like keeping their name, just continuously saying saying their name like for us, Grandma Ella, her her chili, home, oh, that that's gonna live on for <laughs> as, as long as it can. Yeah, hopefully hopefully it lives on forever. Um, papa's your papa's vinadosh, same thing. All that stuff. All passed on to to our to the younger generation and, and that's how their legacy lives on. You know, it's it's cool. Like although they're not here physically, they're still here like with the things we do, the things we say, the things we we think, the
0: things we eat, you know. Who we are. Who we are. Exactly. Yep. Well, I think we'll go wrap it up there. And, and, and hopefully everybody who was listening, I hope you kind of, you know, I hope it was a little entertaining to hear our stories, <laughs> yeah. uh, but also you found something of value of, of helping you personally through your grieving process and maybe share this with other people who are going through that grieving process and help them understand, like it does get better. I think we're kind of a result of what happens when you go through that grieving process, you give it time, you do the right things. Um, there is an other side. There is a other side. So to, to the terrible things that you're feeling right now, and that's important for all of you to see. But to end it, just a reminder: we do have a Spotify playlist put together by Philip. He puts he hit oh, the baby. first song. What was the first song
1: again? Time in time in time in. Which like, try,
2: try to sing it? Can you sing it for us? No, uh, nah, nah, nah. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll save it for next time.
0: It was literally <laughs> one line in the whole song, so hopefully you, didn't, line, get the, you didn't get the wrong oh, message with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know.
1: I, te- I texted Kobe the next day. I was like, "Oh, okay, wait. Hopefully, everybody listened to that line that I said. Because <laughs> this song, like, there's there's certain things that said in that song that I, I didn't want to like pass along to other people. But
0: yeah, there's <laughs> quality people deserve quality time. That's that's the main line. And I w- I was listening to songs like bro, where is this line? Where is this line? <laughs> I was like, I, I don't know. I was like, I think it was like not even till like two minutes or, or like a minute in. Yeah, that's when it's, the line deep, it's deep in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. But hopefully it still get, did get you a little hyped up. But my song for this week, we're going to uh, rotate and choose different songs. Mine is Blind by the by the Baby featuring Young Thug. And... <clears throat> Uh, couple lines, a couple lines, a couple lines is doors open up for me, and now uh-huh. I see I've been blind for a while now. So that's yeah. the two lines that I got. That's all uh-huh. I got. Uh-huh. You yeah. ain't getting nothing <laughs> out of me. But go add that playlist. Go listen to the songs, and then obviously, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcast, please give us a rating and review. But this was the Spoken Thoughts, Raw and Uncut podcast. Until next yes, time. Sure.
2: Peace. All righty. Have Cheers. a good one.
0: Cheers. Mabuhay. high.
1: Mobile high.